Welcome to the Bourbon and Browns podcast, where the size of the fish doesn't matter, but the amount of bourbon left in your flask does. Join us as we talk life, fishing, and everything in between with your hosts, Justin and Bryce. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome, to, welcome back to Bourbon and Brown's podcast. We got Justin and Bryce here. Hey, hey, this is this is episode number number dos with Cinco de Mayo on the horizon. I figured I'd throw in a little Espanol. Oh, it is Cinco de Mayo coming up, huh? Yeah, Cinco de Mayo, Ooh. man, coming up. Be down uh, in Jamaica. This week. Hit the Jamaica oh, trip. Oh yeah, you'll be in Jamaica for that. Lucky you. I know. Hopefully you're uh, hopefully you're taking your fly rod out there. I wish I could. You know what? I might. That'd be. I might. That'd be really fun, man. I have no idea what I'm doing. No, no. nor would I, but <laughs> you could probably find some local guy who, who has some knowledge on it. Yeah, I'd be like, not not right now, man. This wedding, it's it's uh, taking the back seat to catching some redfish or bonefish, whatever's Absolutely. down there. Yeah, whatever. On my two weight. Whatever lives in the ocean. I, I, like, yeah, to live, <laughs> I like to live dangerously. On your two weight. Yeah. You know I'd get like... As you hook into a shark. Yeah, I was going to say, you know I'd get like, you know, ripped up by a shark doing something stupid like that. Yeah, absolutely. Do you ever, you ever see that video of the uh, the dude that he drops the sandal in the water? He like, he rigged up his sandal with a big hook and then like stuck like little wings out the top because there were fish eating like the, the seagulls, right? And uh, he throws it out there and he hooked like a huge like tiger shark. Oh my it, god! It was amazing. Yeah, it, it, I think it's like I've, it's. A, I've never seen that. It's a couple of years old, but yeah, it's great. Yeah, I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to check that out. He catches a tiger shark on a sandal. Yeah, it was stupid. I think it's a tiger That's, shark. I'm probably embellishing yeah. right now. So tiger sharks are like the trash sharks of the sea, um, as far as like what they find in there. Yeah, it's like a stomachs, uh, you know. What is that? What do they call raccoons? The trash panda. It's a trash panda of the sea. Basically, oh, they're yeah. basically like the raccoon of the sea, like with their little grubby. The raccoon of the yeah, sea. Yeah, their little grubby little it. hands. You heard it here first. <laughs> their little grubby little so, opposable thumbs and dark oh, eyes. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, like we we haven't talked in quite a while. No, no, it's been. Shit, I I, I was pretty much a ghost all last week. You um, were ghosting, ghosting hard. Yeah, I can't even remember what I was doing. I think I was like fishing every day, trying to. Working out, yeah, trying to, trying to wet a line. Yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty good. Like, I had some good days, and um, I saw my daughter twice last week, so that was good. It was yeah, her birthday. Right. Had the big, yeah. the big numero dos. So big numero dos. So podcast two, birthday number yep. two. She's doing great. I bought her a little bike, and yeah, man. It's, All it's right. Well, worth I it. don't agree with the bike. <laughs> I agree with maybe like a pink <laughs> sage. Sage one six weeks. I'm trying. I'm not trying to. So she can. I'm not trying to like force her into it. You know, I gotta. I gotta be like political about this. Like slowly ease her into fly fishing. Yeah. Okay. Get her. That's fair. Yeah, I need to get her like a little Barbie, like one of those. Um, what what are they called? A little button, the push button. Reels. Yeah, where you shit. just press the button yeah. and cast it out. Yeah, I'll start her on that. Dude, I've I've seen some monster fish come in on those. Oh yeah. So oh yeah, it can be done. I got high hopes for her. I hope she outfishes the down, shit out of me. Take her down to the Holston and and fish with Dirty Mike and the boys. With, oh, <laughs> with Dirty with Mike the and the boys. Bro. The F. Thanks for the F Shack. 
Thanks for yeah. the F shack. <laughs> that was <laughs> my truck. Mike and the boys. Made my Prius yeah. a nightmare. Yeah, I don't know if I'm ready to to do that to my uh, my daughter yet. Put her in that situation. That yeah, would be like a, a culture a shock much. going from Philly to you know Bristol, Tennessee, with the uh, the old uh, the old saltwater rig on the South Holston. The old backwoods boys. Oh yeah, those guys, man. So love them to death. So what's uh what are the conditions like up there right now? Um, I mean they've been they've been pretty good. Um, water's been down on the uh the more like the the smaller the creek, um the water's been down. So like the Monocacy and the Little Lehigh, Saucon, um the Jordan, they've all been down, uh, which is great. Uh, we just got a little bit of rain though, so everything's kind of starting to come back up and then it's going to drop down again. Um, but fishing has been awesome. Um, the Lehigh has been blown out like really bad. Like I almost, I almost got fucking swept away, um, two weeks ago on that river. So I would avoid fishing any of the, the larger bodies right now. Um, wait till they start coming down, but it's been really good. We got tons of BWO hatches. We got some caddis coming off. We got midges. Um, really, um, you know, if you read my blog post uh, from what, last week, uh, that just basic midge and pheasant tail hair's ear rig has been killing it. Um, yeah, really, really yeah, on no, anything. I think, uh, I think that's key, right? So when you got you got runoff coming off uh, out west, and then uh, you know you're dealing with varying you know weather patterns um, in the east, and. Uh, I think that's really important, you know, because runoff scares a lot of people away. I mean, obviously from a safety standpoint, but from a fishing standpoint, um, you know, just because it's dirty water doesn't mean there isn't, you know, plenty of fish to be had. And that'll kind of play into to Kelly's idea about, you know, the the type of fly and, and how it's fished in those conditions. Because quite frankly, you know, rivers are less less crowded, which is great. And uh, the fish, you know, have plenty of nutrients running through. They're not really stressed out. Um you know, so it's a good it's a good time if you can kind of dial in, you know, a good a good technique to target those fish when you've got that that dirty one off uh, runoff water and it's high. Yeah, it it can be tough, um, and, and it's definitely it, it's one of those things you just kind of have to rip the bandaid off and and go do it because um, it can be tough fishing. But once you're dialed in, I mean, you could really have some great days on the water. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, chocolate milk, go for it. You know, just go out there and throw some, throw some flies, you know, like whatever, whatever you got, just, I mean, it doesn't have to be a huge, you know, size eight stone fly or a uh, San Juan worm. I mean, you can throw midges, you can throw like tiny, tiny pheasant tails. They'll find it. They will. Um, That's, that's the key, you know, like even an 18, like, you know, I mean, Kelly talks about this a lot, you know, throwing that that 18 hairs here, you know, or a betis and, uh. The fish will find it, man. Like, you don't have to hit them right on the nose. You know, if you're fishing, if you're fishing those seams or those back eddies or you know any any soft water, really, when that water is you know cooking, they're going to be holding there and and they'll find it. Doesn't have to be huge. Doesn't have to be black or anything shiny. You know, what I mean, it can, it can be natural in chocolate milk, and they're they're gonna, they're going to find yeah. it. You know, they're uh, they got to eat. It's so. it's amazing, um, kind of seeing it because I mean I've I've caught I've caught some pretty nice fish on like. I mean, a, just a size 20, like stripper midge or an owl's rat, very natural in, in chocolate milk. I mean, I'm talking like you're dodging branches 
as the you know as the water's coming down like you're just you're just going ham and um i mean really like they'll they'll take it it doesn't have to be a fucking size 10 sand wand worm you know no no not at all what which is contrary to what most most anglers i would say most yeah. beginning anglers think i would oh, say oh yeah i mean i used to so. you, you see the waters up and you're like oh man i got to throw like a a huge um you know sex dungeon on there and fucking you know twitch which, which can be effective which which can be which you but know <laughs> we'll get into uh all the different types of techniques and everything mm-hmm. you can do with that but um yeah i mean experiment that's the uh i guess the the concept we're getting after is just start throwing throwing flies you know yeah absolutely and that's yeah you're right you hit it on the head you know just don't be discouraged. Go out there. You know you you have a passion for it, whether you catch a fish or not. But you gotta gotta be willing to try different yep. flies and different techniques, because what works today most definitely probably will not work tomorrow. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's a big so, thing. I that's, mean, that's why we love it, right? Yeah, because of the challenge. Yep. So, oh yeah. Um, shoot, what was I gonna say? Um, it got me thinking about inclement weather, right? So yep. in Pennsylvania, especially right now, we've had a lot of days where it's been overcast, cloudy, windy, uh, which is a whole other issue with our rig that I'll uh, touch on. Um, so because of that, you don't have as much people out in the water. And I would rather fish in a monsoon with nobody out there than in perfect conditions, nut to butt, with a hundred other dudes. You know, So that's my big thing with uh, fishing in inclement weather is I'd rather be out there because I've got the best shot. The percentages are in my favor for hooking into a big fish that hasn't been pressured all day. So, yeah, that's a great point. I'm a big fan of it. I'll get out there and I'll fish in stupid weather. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're willing to, to weather the, uh, or, you know, to, to face the elements, um, you know, it can pay off. It can pay off big time. Like you said, you know, those fish, those fish get put down really easily, you know, when there's a lot of pressure. And so, you, you know, you've got the advantage in that, in that regard. Yep. So. And it, it really, it depends on the, on the waterway too. Uh, like the little Lehigh, uh, I keep talking it, I keep talking it up and I keep, uh, you know, hitting the little Lehigh. Um, that's because it's like probably one of the most pressured streams in Eastern PA, especially in the Lehigh Valley, um, because it's not long. The, uh, the fly fishing only sections about, maybe a mile and a half um i'm not sure of the of the entire distance but i mean it gets it gets fished hard every day and um one of my favorite things about that is the fish are almost used to the pressure so you can like hook a fish out of a little pocket and come back 30 seconds later throw another cast in there another fish will have moved into it and you can hook him again you know so that's one thing, and then you get to like you know a more I guess native, a native stream like say the Monocacy or the Saucon, where you catch one fish out of a out of a run, makes a little bit of noise, makes a little bit of disturbance in the water, and the entire run is put down. You know mm-hmm. because those fish are wild, they know something's up, and they're just gonna you know, they're gonna stop feeding. Um, so it's really it depends on the waterway as well. So. You know, it's one of those things to take into consideration. But, I mean, that's why I really love water that gets fished heavily 
and why I like taking advantage of it when the weather's, you know, a little bit on the downside. You don't have as many people out. Yeah, no, for sure. That's uh that's a great point. It's uh you know, it's it's raining out or it's cold or, or whatever, you know, it's easy to be like, uh, maybe we'll just hit it tomorrow when the weather's better, you know, but Oh yeah, and I'm guilty. Uh, I'm guilty. There's great of it days too, to be had, know? man. You know, overcast, you've got good hatches or cold weather, you know, great for nymphing and stuff like that. So it's it's definitely worth it, you know, go out there and and especially, you know, for you know, we talked the weekend warrior thing, you know, you only have so much time and, uh, you know, if you're conti- continually canceling cause of inclement weather or whatever, you know, you're going to be missing out, um, on a lot of fishing time, you know, so you just gotta take what you can get and, and make the best of it. And honestly, the fishing in those conditions is only going to improve your, uh, improve your, you know, your fly fishing skills. Yeah. You're just going to get better. I mean, really like mm-hmm. who, who would, who, who, who came up with dead drifting a streamer, you know? Like yeah, who knows? Some they're probably they're probably reaching in their pack for for another beer or another nip of the flask, <laughs> and lo and behold, you know their streamers just floating down and wham, yeah, just just nailed one. I mean those those innovations come from you know shitty weather, shitty conditions, and making the best of it, getting out there. Exactly, so. yeah, because you know fishing streamers in in the, in the winter, you know, typically more effective if it's a slower retrieve, yep, or dead drifted, you know, or whatever, because those fish aren't aren't as active, you know, in a, in a, in a warmer water scenario. So, I mean, it's fun, man. Keeps you guessing, uh, you know, keeps, keeps developing you as a, as a fly fisherman. So that's what counts. Yep, exactly. Well, should we, but, uh, uh, yeah. Should we talk the, uh, the rig? Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't mention that up front. I probably should have, but, uh, so we were, our focus today was really kind of to talk through the blog post of, uh, the, the check setup that, that Justin primarily, came up with um you know from a from a myriad of of sources and stuff and kind of just played around with with how he likes it um and kind of what's worked for him and then you know i've adopted that as well which you know i i love it i haven't fished it nearly as much as you but super great so you wrote the blog post um you know you kind of went through and explained you know how how the the setup is what kind of rods what kind of reels you know all the all the ins and outs of of check nymphing or or tight line nymphing uh and i think we're kind of just talking through some of the aspects of that um, would be pretty beneficial for, you know, somebody trying to either get into it or kind of fine tune their setup. Yeah. So uh, I'll just, I'll just jump right into it. Um, I'll start off with this. So I think the first thing you'll notice is that my fly line uh, is a Euro specific fly line. Um, And that's specifically because of the weight of the fly line. Um, Basically you don't want any of the, uh, the weight from a normal, maybe say like, you know, five weight fly line, uh, pulling your line back towards the reel. Um, that's the sole purpose of having that light fly line. Um, basically what I started out with was a 20 foot leader. Essentially it was the maximum chameleon. It was like 20 feet of the, um, 20 pound test in order to negate my fly line. Cause I had a normal fly line at first. Um, so don't so so right just real quick so that that slack right so that that heavy the weight of that heavy line creates creates a little bit of slack right and then kind of you know that that will affect you know your uh your 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 you know setting the hook right your effectiveness of of ti- of keeping that tight line right to the fish yeah absolutely so what it does is it not only affects your hook set but it also affects your ability to d- detect a strike 
strikes. Um, yep. Because it's pulling back on it. It's lifting it back up out of the water. And you've got that little bit of slack. And slack is like the enemy when it comes to this rig. Um, you want everything tight so that the slightest movement in the water, um, you can feel it. You'll, you'll actually feel it travel through the tippet, through the cider, through the Maxima Chameleon, through the, fly, like the light fly line into your hands. You'll feel that bump. It's amazing. Yeah, it's great. I mean, really. Uh, I mean, you, could, you can literally feel the difference between a rock, a fish, a log, you know, whatever. Like, you can literally feel it. Yeah, you really ticking can. Ticking along, you know, as it's, as it's bouncing. It's, it's incredible, man. It's, it's the ultimate, you know, it's the ultimate um, idea, I believe, of, of nymphing. You know, like you talk, you know, you talk hunting. You've got, you know, bow, bow hunting, right? It's like the, uh, the ultimate challenge of hunting, right? Yep. And, uh, and, then you, and then you start fly fishing. You know, indicators are great for certain situations, but there's nothing quite like, you know, feel, feeling the bottom and, and really, really connecting on, on a fish. You know, it's just... Yeah, I, I love it. Yeah, and and uh, for any of the, um, I don't want to say rookie fly fishermen, especially you know people that are just trying to get into novice, novice, you know, novice nymph fishermen, because um, everybody kind of starts with your dry fly. I'm still novice. Yeah, I'm, I'm still a novice, really. But uh, uh, what I'm not a novice at is drinking Michelob Ultra <laughs> during this podcast. This is not a Michelob Ultra uh, commercial. Yeah, but, no, not at all. Yeah, like, we're not sponsored. No, so. But we are we, big supporters. We do love Michelob Ultra. <laughs> so, sorry. Go, no, that's okay. Ahead. That's all right. Yeah. I'm just gonna take another sip real quick. Mm-hmm. But um, what happened to your tap? You still got the tap? I do have the tap, but of it, the, it's of the local. It's Labatt's. Yeah, yeah. I know it's not. Yeah. I know it's not Mickey Ultra, but no, I, I still got the. You just, just I actually just got a half keg of Labatt's. Oh, nice. Yeah, my, You're going dilly dilly on me though, right now. <laughs> I am. My uh, you dirty dog. My stepdad. And I, I I rag on him all the time. We're we're taking a, a huge, huge left turn here. Um, I, but I oh, need to I need to tell the story. Yeah, um, so my stepdad, he loves Labatt's for whatever fucking reason. I don't know what it is. That's is that a local? Brew no, up it's there? it's Canadian. Or oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's Canadian Pilsner. It's Canadian, but, eh? Yeah. But I'm like I'm like Chris. Like of all, of all the things that you could like you know, be addicted to from Canada. You choose Labatt's blue, <laughs> you know, like it, oh, it could be, label. it could be fucking like maple syrup, but no, it's, it could it's be maple syrup. in go Leafs, baby in, in Yingling country, you know? Yeah. Like it's, it's unbelievable, but you know, so we, we have plenty of Labatt's in this house and that's what I drink okay. right now. Um, absolutely. But I'm not going to the beer distributor to get a six pack of Michelob Ultra to drink on the river. But, um, anyway, we're yeah, <laughs> we're gonna bring this back to fly fishing real yeah, quick. Let's, let's bring uh, it back. Bring it back. So where were we with uh, the leader setup? Okay, we're so we were talking about the importance of uh, of the of the line weight, right? So that you can detect strikes and uh, and get a better hook set. And then yeah, I think I think we covered that. You use the Rio um, Euro line, right? I do which is specific for specific for you know check nymphing great line uh, a lot of responsiveness yep. um you know there's not a whole lot of uh stretch right in that line no it's very so it uh, you, very thin yeah so it gives you really good connection when you uh when you set the hook yeah and one of one of the things that you know i, I touched on in the blog post um with this rig you're really you're not going to be throwing dry flies you're really not i mean you can get you can get fancy with it like if you hit like a um if you hit a run or a pool that's maybe, you know, 
20, 30 feet wide. You can like chop off your flies real quick and throw throw an indicator on like above the uh, the tippet ring. Um, you can kind of do that and you can kind of you can get like a decent drift. You can still catch fish on it, but it's primarily a up close tight personal nymph rig. Right. So, and then that, that will transition, um, you know, into, into rod selection and stuff. But yeah, I would say just with the caveat, right, this setup isn't really meant to be modified a whole lot in terms of fishing other styles, right. From dry fly to streamer and stuff like that. I mean, I know not everybody can afford, you know, three rods for each, you know, streamer rod or, you know, a dry fly rod or whatever. But if, if you're going in that direction, that's, that's something that you would want, you know, in your arsenal to carry, you know, a couple rods and you're ready to go. And then your check setup can be specifically for, like you said, fishing that pocket water and, you know, really, really getting up close and personal and, and getting that tight line, that tight line drift. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's a, it's very specific for a, um, I guess, depending on your rod length, um, you know, it can be anywhere from, I don't, I don't know, nine, nine feet in front of you to, you probably get it out to about 25 feet. Um, mm-hmm. there's, you know, there, there's dudes that do very well, long distance tight lining. Um, there's a way to, uh, basically cast and maintain your connection so you can do it. Um, but it's very, uh, it's very specific to that type of fishing. Um, which is why we carry, you know, usually, a, a that this nymph rod and then one that's rigged up with a dry dropper or a dry, um, but you can get away with just doing one rod. I would recommend, you know, something like a nine and a half, ten foot rod, and with a normal setup, and you can kind of like transition. Um, I guess you could like break off your leader and tie a new dry fly leader on, something along those lines. It, it is tough. Um, you're going to be changing a lot, uh, which is why we carry two rods when we fish like a bigger water. Right. Um, yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's, that's a good point to make. Cause you know, I, I feel like people just getting into it like, okay, well, am I, am I going to fish tries? Am I going to fish nymphs? Like what if, what if a hatch comes off, you know, blah, blah, blah. And simple answer is get another rod. Um, I, I, and I know, I mean, I know it can be modified, right? It can be done. It, it um, can be. It's just so much easier to have, you know, have it rigged up just because of the, the specifics, right? I mean, you want you want a setup that's going to present you the best chance with that style of fishing. Right. So, you know, maybe for your check, your check setup, right. You've got that 10 and a half foot rod. Like, is that going to be ideal for slinging dry flies? No, probably like a smaller glass rod, yep. right. That's going to protect fine tip it. It's going to lay that line out there and drop that dry fly super soft. Um, you know, it's got good flex on it. Um, you know, anyways, but you know, I, I think that's the short answer. You know, if you, if you can maybe do it down the road, I would, I would suggest two rods, but, but for the check setup, yeah, getting that length right is key. So you can, you can reach to those, those seams, right. Without, um, without either having to wait across or a spook fish. Exactly. Um, and I mean, you know, you know, my philosophy is like never, never half-ass two things when you can whole ass one thing, you know, it's like Ron, Ron Swanson, you know, uh, Ron, God, I love Ron. Oh yeah. But, uh, that's kind of, that's that's our philosophy on it. Um, I would rather have a, a dedicated nymph rig that I know, um, and I'll, I'll get into this as well, where I know the drift is good, the the depth is good. Um, I can kind of fine-tune all those things. I know I'm getting exactly what I want. Um, and then I can switch over to a dry dropper where I'm getting the same thing. 
I know I can cast it. I know I can, um, I hit everything I want to. Um, it just makes it easier. Um, and it makes you more effective because you have dedicated rods. And efficient. Yeah, it, right? it's efficient. That's the big thing because it takes time. Yeah. And, you know, if you're in a drift boat or if you're, you know, you're in a tight, tight area or whatever. And after a few beers, it gets pretty hard to keep switching over. Oh, it does. <laughs> so it does. It makes it real easy when, <laughs> you know, you see a fish surface over in the eddy and you're like, oh, let me it, just put down my yep. nymph rod. Take a quick swig a swig of beer and uh, and then get my glass rod. Yeah, and throw that dry hand me over there hand me the old glass rod real quick. So much easier. Yep. So it really is. Um, yeah, preparation is key. You know, for for any of these setups. But okay, so yeah, getting into we talked a little bit about the rod, but you could maybe just give us some specifics like the rod. You know. Yeah. So uh, about. you know one of the one of the big things that people always remark about my rod, you know, specifically, is how long it is. So it's it's an eleven foot rod. It's a two weight, um, which, if you're familiar with the syndicate rods, they're specifically made for Euro nymphing. Um, they're made to be light. They're made to protect light tippet, um, and they're made to be long, so that you can reach across current and get good solid drifts. You know, um, no matter what what distance you're at. So, I mean, essentially, I can fish a river a run from across the uh let's see i could be on the bank and i can be fishing my bank that's closest to me without even being in the water right and i can just keep moving forward out into the water and fish the entire section out to like 25 feet once i hit you know the long distance part of my casting or whatever um uh, so that's why I have such a long rod because I could just reach over all of those different currents in the water because every waterway that you go to, you're going to have these little micro currents and you're going to have these, uh, you know, uh, swirls and plunge pools. And, you know, you, you might have like three, four runs pushing water in different directions and all that shit's going to throw, throw off your nymphs under the water. So the more direct connection you have, the more direct line you have to your nymphs, over the water, the easier your drift is going to be. So you're going to be like missing out all of those like microcurrents, and you're going to be putting it right where you want your nymphs to be, and it looks super natural. Right, and that's that's the biggest part, right? So you know, typically you're using an indicator, right? You're mending upstream, so mm -hmm. you cast, you 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 do a you do upward you know upward stream mend. Right, so yep. that your flies, your split shot, or not, sorry, your your bobber, your indicator, and your split shot are are above your flies essentially, right? So your flies are floating down. Yeah, which is exactly opposite of tight line and check nymphing to where you cast, you know, upstream, and then you immediately are pulling essentially, right? Your flies downstream, um, to get that tight connection, right? Yep. And then and then it's basically they're just bouncing along, and it looks you know a lot more natural when they're not whipping around in the current, and this goes. This ties in really nicely to uh, to, to using the the, Ke the Kelly setup, right? Which which keeps your split shot on on the bottom, and then and it keeps your flies in the zone, right? Because yep. that's the key. Because if you're fishing, you know, if you're fishing a ton of distance between your flies, or if you're you're fishing really light flies, I mean, with an indicator setup, you cast, and your guess is as good as mine of where those flies are. Um, you know, are they six inches above the bottom? Are they two feet above the bottom? Are you trying to target fish that are, you know, in the upward, you know, upper third of the water column? Or are you trying to target fish 
that are, you know, hanging six inches off the bottom, you don't know. And that's the problem because you don't have that connection, right? And some situations don't favor the check setup. Got it. So, you know, use your indicator and and use it, use it carefully. But with the check setup, because you're, you know where your flies are at all times, right? And you can adjust that based on, you know, where that, that, uh, that cider is, uh, in relation to the the top of the water, right? The very top of the water. Um, that's huge, dude. Cause you're keeping your flies in the zone, man. That's that's how the fly the, that's, the fish that's have to half find the your, battle. It really it really is. Like fly selection is is, is its own. Se- you know, it's, own I mean, bear honestly, in like in, in my opinion, is secondary to your technique and your drift. Yeah, you absolutely. Um, and I mean, I think we're both on the same page when it comes to when it comes to that. I mean, you fish a, a pheasant tail, and you see a bunch of uh, let's say stone flies in the water. And they're taking your pheasant tail. Is it because it looks like a stone flyer? Is it because your technique is good? And they're like, "Oh, I'm just gonna, you know, poke my nose out here and see what this is," because it looks natural. Right. You know? Yeah. And I mean, I'm not I'm not an expert, you know, by any means, but I I think they do. You know, they mouth a lot of things that come by. They right? do. They mouth it. If it's not if it's not what they thought it was, then there it goes. You know, they spit it out. But if that happens to be your fly. <laughs> You know, having yeah, that I tight mean, line connection is going to be the difference between just, you know, missing a fish or, or connecting. And that's that's huge, you know, when you're out there, uh, when you're out there getting after I, it. I, I can't tell you how many times I've caught fish that I, it was it was literally it was just a mouth. You know, they they mouth the fly just to check it out. But your your hook set um, is so quick because you have such a tight connection that you, you hook them. I mean, really, it's insane. I, I think uh, there there was a study that was done um, on indicator nymphing. Um, how many fish the average, you know, indicator nymph fisherman misses because they have to move the indicator for you to set the hook, right? So you might get a strike and never know it because it happens so quick that your indicator doesn't even move. Um and by the time it does, they've already spit. They've, the, already, they've already spit, spit it out. Fly. Yeah, or you get yeah. a weak, you get a weak hook set, and you might you might see that flash, you know, like or the, you uh, or you foul hook a fish, yeah. right? Because they spit it out, and you hook them under the chin or under the belly, or you know what, what have you, just because of the the drag, right, that you're creating exactly. with your line, exactly. So. And uh, I've done a lot of um, you know experimenting on the water with indicator rigs and with my uh, my tight line rig, and uh, one of the things you'll notice with your tight line rig is you'll you'll get a lot more clean hook sets um you'll, you'll get a, like i mean it, r- very rarely have i hooked a fish with my tight line rig and dropped them i mean it just doesn't happen um maybe once they get downstream they're bigger fish they, they you know spit the hook or something that that'll happen to me but not on the hook set you know and i just went out uh, last week and I just had like a, an indicator rig on just screwing around because um, I wanted to practice my uh, my water load casting and uh, the amount of fish that I dropped and the location of where I was hooking them because I could it was sunny out so I could see them flash when I hooked them I mean it, it just it blew my mind like I mean sometimes I was catching fish like you know three four five feet to the left and right of where my indicator was <laughs> it's like what the it's, fuck? <laughs> yeah, I mean it was, it was an yeah, eye-opening I mean, experience. Like yeah, 
Yeah, because I've I've seen feeding fish, you know, and ideally, you know, you take the indicator off and you just cast to them, right? Just you're solely, Mm -hmm. you know, sight fishing at that point. You're just watching for them to eat the fly and then you set the hook. But I've had it where, you know, I'm in a bind. I see a fish cruising over on the edge, you know, munching down nymphs. And I'm like, all right, I'm just going to cast upstream and, and watch my fly. So I'm not watching the indicator, but no shit, like the fl- the flies coming down and you see the fish take it and, th- and the indicator has not yep. moved one inch and you set it and you realize how much slack there was in the line. It's, it's remarkable. And like, again, you know, it can be effective to use your indicator, which simply put, right. Your indicator is suspending your flies at a certain level yep. in the water. That, column, that's the right? sole that, purpose of it. Right. And, and tight line, you know, you're, you're basically going bottom up. So you're on the very bottom with your split shot, right. Yep. Feeling the bottom. And then your flies are, you know, you know, the proper distance based on kind of where you want to target the fish yep. in the columns. So you know where your flies are at all time. And that's what we're getting at is you, you always want that connection, you know, if possible, uh, super effective. But anyway, that kind of covers a little bit, but so we talked, yeah, I talked to Rod a little bit, talked the importance of the, of the thin line. Yep. And then now you want to kind of hit on the, on the leader setup itself. I will. Yeah. So, maybe. so I've okay. kind of, um, uh, I've, I've played around with this leader setup a lot. Um, just because I, I was getting, frustrated with not being able to throw a, a dry dropper with this so the current one that i'm using is slightly more tapered i think i've got a uh um what is it the 12 pound i've got a little bit longer um section of 12 pound test on there and i think i've got a, i've got a 15 pound test in there as well about a foot um to give it a little bit more of a taper um the heavier your butt section is so if you're going off the leader setup, we've got about three to four feet of a 20-pound Maxima Chameleon. It allows those flies and the weight to turn over when you're doing, like, your little dump cast. Because that's all it is. It's not a, it's not a normal overhead cast. Um, it's, not a, uh, it's not a water load. It's not, you know, any type of, uh, you know, spay casting. It's, not, it's literally just a dump. You're, you're watching your drift. You're setting the hook, which is propelling the flies through the water behind you and you're just dumping it back in there so that tw- uh that three to four feet of 20 pound maxima really helps aid in that dump cast um and you've just got your uh your typical blood knot or a nail knot whatever you're more comfortable with tapered down to two feet of 12 pound chameleon um just kind of you know gives you that that slight taper that allows it to, to lay out for you um and then you get into the cider which is, you know, a lot of people will just use like a flat cider. So they'll use, um, you know, three, four feet of 10 pound cider material. There's, a, there's like a fucking million different cider in, I don't know, products out there. Um, but I use is I use the amnesia because it's easy. Um, I like amnesia. I like the fluorescent red and green. Um, and I like that. I keep a, a slight taper to the leader. Um, so I've got, you know, one and a half feet of 10-pound amnesia, one and a half feet of 8-pound amnesia. I do red and green because I can see it in any type of uh, condition. Um, and then the big thing, I mean, my, my favorite thing to ever come out of fly fishing, the, the two-millimeter tippet ring, it's amazing. I mean, forget about having to retie all your shit ever. I mean, you literally just, like, tie tippet to your tippet ring after this. Yeah, it's that's fucking, uh, it's fantastic. <coughs> that's really nice. You know, I, I remember last last time we were at the Holston, um, when we were in the drift boat, and uh, you know, you were you were. 
I think you had broke broke off a couple of rigs, or you were you were doing something, but you were able to switch your setup so fast. Oh um, yeah, you it's, know it's and, insane. And, you know, as we're floating along, you know, whatever happens, you're like, oh, I got to retie, and you know, within a couple minutes, you're you're back at it, you know, ready to go full rig. You know, I'm like, holy cow, that's which is huge. Again, going back to efficiency on the water, you know, because. Some guys just want to go out there, fish for a couple hours, and, you know, they don't want to spend two hours of their four hours on the water, you know, messing with tying their flies on or tangles or, you know, what have you. You know, I mean, the more efficient you are on the water, the better time you're going to have, you know, regardless of how many fish you catch. It's just making your life easier with that uh, that tippet ring. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all that's about that's what they've efficiency. been going to on those furrow leaders, too. Like, even the furrow yeah. leaders for check or furrow leaders for dry fly, which are super great leaders for dry fly, by the way. Oh, um, speaking of which, simple, man, you t- that, yeah. that that company from Charlotte, what was the name? Yeah, of- the uh, Appalachian Appalachian uh, for a leader company. Yes, so yeah, I I tied on their uh, their leader last weekend, and was cruising with my dry dropper. Amazing, I loved Those, it. They're so nice because they float well. You know, you cut it with a little a little wax or whatever, a little butter, what that they like to call mm-hmm. it, but um, the mountain wax or whatever. And, uh, you know, it floats nice. And then literally all you do is you got your tippet ring and you tie your six X or your seven X or however, you know, however small dry dropper you're going and, and boom, dude, you're in business. Like it's, it's so easy. It's it's it so lands, easy. It lands so soft. So, um, but anyway, the tippet ring, right. It's huge. Yeah. So that's it, a, that's a crucial part in the end like of we that. Talk, it, that it's uh, it's that all, leader. it's all efficiency. It, that's what it's all yeah. about. So instead of having to break down your leader and break out, your your 4x fluoro your 5x fluoro 6x you know instead of having to like you know ballpark it and like retaper your leader you literally just tie on your tippet ring and it's just like you know like i was talking about and we'll get into kelly gallops you know the the thing that we've kind of you know stolen from kelly and thrown it onto this you know tight line rig that we have um it's literally just like five and a half x six x or you can just do six x off your tippet ring all the way down all the way down you know um so it makes it super easy super efficient and once you get like pretty comfortable with it like bryce was saying you can just tie on a new rig in about you know three four minutes with new flies you know if you break something off or whatever you don't have to dick around with retying your leader and you know pulling out well and the beauty of it right is your is your break where you're breaking off most likely is you know at, at the worst is at your tippet ring exactly so you're not spending you're not spending money on these leaders right i mean you know rio's got their their fluorocarbon nine foot you know 5x 6x whatever and then they've got the 12 foot 15 foot but do you know like as you start tying right you're tying further and further and further in every yep. time you're re-rigging right and eventually that you that leader is useless and with this setup, all you're really wasting is tippet. That's it. That's it. You're not wasting. I mean, you've been fishing that literally. Literally, you've been fishing that check leader for what was it like a year or more? It, it's got to be over. And a it year never now. broke. Yep. You never had to retie it. You buy once and for fire and forget, you know. And then all you're doing is, and then you can spend that a little bit extra money on maybe trout hunter tippet yep. or you know a better a better tippet that's really gonna really gonna make you you know more effective on the water. And that's huge, dude. It's so huge, especially with nymph fishing. You know, you're hitting logs, you're nicking rocks. You know, you're doing whatever. Like, you know, the you know the abrasion abrasion resistance of that that good tippet is gonna be gonna be great, and you're gonna be able to do that now because you're not spending 
you know, 12 bucks on a, on a fluorocarbon leader, you know, when you, you could just easily just retie with tippet. Yeah. I mean, I used to, I used to buy, you know, two, three liters cost me 20 bucks, you know, a fluoro leader. And then you would buy tippet, you know, fluoro tippet in order to retie your leader. Now I freaking buy, a, like, <laughs> I buy 5X Trout Hunter. All the way down to seven and a half X because I'm, you know, a masochist and I hate myself. Um, I really don't need it, but uh, <laughs> you know, like I just—it's all I need to do. I I've, I haven't bought a leader in I don't know two three years. Yeah, because I don't is, need to. I mean, think about the amount of money you're saving. Yeah, I mean, really, especially for someone that fishes a lot, right? Yeah. Like if you if you if you love fly fishing and you're going out every weekend, like that's huge. It, so it it really huge. is. I mean, you you're you you've simplified everything, and that's right. and that's and what that's, we're getting at. You know, you've simplified mm-hmm. it. Um, Again, we're we're just we're just dudes going out. You know, average dudes going out there slinging some bugs. Yeah. You know, and it's save a little money, have some fun, don't have to worry about retying all the time. Like it's it's just making your your experience. It, it really is. And I mean, if if you know, you guys are familiar with competition fly fishing. Um, all of these guys, they use a tight line system, and they've got different rules. Like they can't use they can't use a tippet ring. Um, they've got to you know they've got to tie everything themselves. So it's slightly different. Um, but the whole point of it is to be efficient. The whole point is to be able to get you know ten, fifteen, twenty drifts through a run in four or five minutes. You know. Whereas with your, you know, like, I mean, me personally, when I was a beginner fly fisherman, I'd get maybe two or three drifts uh, with my indicator set before I, you know, had to break everything off and retie and do all this bullshit. Um, so, it's, I mean, it's just like it's, it's a numbers game at that point. Um, you really, you know, common sense, more drifts you get, the more time your flies are in the water, the more fish you're going to catch. Oh. Absolutely. So, so, so we've made it to the tippet ring. Mm-hmm. So, from the tippet ring down, this is it's it's a little complex, right? So I think is, uh, referring back right to the here. blog, um, yep. referring back to the blog, so you can kind of see um, it visually, right? For yeah, not def- only like uh, dimensions of it, but just so it, like you can listen to this and then kind of look at that to kind of help, yeah, you know, paint the picture. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this is the most uh, crucial part in my opinion. So yeah, go ahead, de- take definitely, it away. Definitely, uh, yeah pull up the blog for this part because uh you're gonna want to follow along here but um the i what i think is the most important part of this you know tippet setup uh which is a rip on the gallop drop shot system um it's really the same it's it's his system um tied onto our tight line system but it's two to four feet of whatever x tippet that you want on there and the reason it's two to four feet, or let's say you're fishing, you know, a, a blown out river where the water's up to maybe six foot, you know, uh, on average, it would be six feet or five and a half feet for your first, you know, section of tippet. And the whole point of that is to allow the flies to get down so that when your indicator is riding just above the water, that split your, shot. Your cider. Yeah, yeah, sorry. My, <laughs> t- 
too many Michelob Ultras here. Um, oh, geez. Yeah, your, your cider is riding just above the water at a roughly, you know, somewhere between 45 and 90 degrees to the water, right? Um, downstream. Downstream, right? And mm-hmm. that that's – check out – George Dan, yeah, check out George Daniel's yeah, books, all those videos, and yeah, to see what I'm yeah, talking about. Stuff on it. Um, because mm-hmm. you can you can adjust depth based on the angle, but I'm not going to get into that now. Um, basically, that, it al- it allows you to get your flies down, but still have your indicator out of the water. Um, which I mean, there's a million different things that helps with. It helps with strike detection. It helps with you know depth depth detection. It helps with um, your your drift it helps with a million different things keep your cider out of the water you know at all costs um, so that's that's the first part that's why that's so important um, the second part is your double or triple surgeons knot tied off of either the same X tippet so that it's in you know a flat tip it there's no taper to it um, or a tapered uh, section of tippet and what I do and what we do is we leave the downward tag so the tag after you tie your double surgeons knot the tag facing down from the tippet ring is what towards you, yeah towards the new piece of tippet yep, toward the new piece of tippet that's what you tie your first fly on um, and that's like, I mean, before I started fishing this rig, I had never done it like that. It was always off of the hook off of your first fly. Mm-hmm. And what this allows, it allows your, your top fly to kind of float in the water, supernatural away from the rest of your tippet. Um, and it also allows it to, uh, I mean, basically like I, it almost pulsates with the micro the micro currents in the water so just it, it, it looks super natural um this you know tying it off the tag uh, and it's easy i mean really that's the big thing it's super easy um i like to do about six inches for that tag and the reason behind that is uh you're you're basically pulling it down because it's gonna sit down in the water you know it's not gonna like float up through the water column it's going to be down um so basically you got it right in that strike zone depending on the length of your rig you've got it right in that like that emerger strike zone right um so that's the whole you know philosophy behind that first fly that's your emerging nymph Right. So, so um, yeah. So tie you. That's one option, right? Option A is tying off the tag end. Mm-hmm. Option B. Yeah. This is what you do. Is, yeah. Which is what yeah. I do is um, which again is is derived from Kelly's setup. Super effective. You just take your six inches or seven inches of of tippet. You know. So if you, if you're running a five a five x all the way down, you take another little six inch piece of five x. You tie a perfection loop on one end you you basically t- you know take take the tag end put it through put it through you know loop it around your your yeah, it's uh, just an your, overhand your knot. main line of tippet right yep and then yeah what is it it's a it's a i think it's called an overhand knot yeah so you're literally just feeding that line through the perfection loop and then it you know basically um attaches to your main tippet yep. line 
um, and it can slide up and down, right? If, if you can imagine yeah. that. And what that allows is, you know, allows movement in the water, but it, it also, it's super easy to, it, it really you know, is. Once you're getting down to, let's say you retie that fly, you know, three or four times, you can just, you can just clip it off, tie a new one real quick and you're back in business. And then obviously your fly is tied to, to the tag end of that. So it's, it's literally the same thing uh, that you're fishing. And, and the important part of that is you're actually, you're connecting that little six inch piece of tippet above your surgeon's knot. That's right? that's the most important part of that. Yep. Yeah. Because yep. it's not so going to slide kinda, down any farther. Right. It's not going to slide down towards your yep. towards your anchor fly. Yep. Um, exactly. or, or your bottom fly. And uh, yeah, and that was super effective. Um, you know, because again, y- you want to know where your flies are, and it's it's going to move a little bit, right, when you're casting or when it's floating through it, the water. It will. But it's not gonna, it will. It's not going to ride all the way up to your tippet ring. You know what I mean? It's just not going to happen. No. No. Because um, it's pretty tight on there. It it, it, it then, is. Uh, so. Um, and I think, I mean, like the most important part of that whole thing is once your surgeon's not, you know, once you've tied on five, six different flies off that surgeon, you know, um, tag and it's gone, you just tie on a perfection loop, you know, a six, seven, eight, ten inch length of tippet. Um, using that perfection loop or just retie the surgeons or you can retie the surgeons, you know, you know? and then you've got a new tag yeah. and then you just pop on your, your other fly and you're, and you're ready to rock. It's super easy. I mean, I, I do that all the time. Um, I'll do like a perfection, a perfection knot, whatever. Um, and just tie on a new, uh, n- new section of tippet and I can just, you know, I get six, seven different changes in flies after that. Um, yeah. so that, that's a great point. I mean, that's like a, you know, really once you tie this rig, unless you're like breaking it off at the tippet ring, um, you just keep fishing it. Um, yeah. And that's, uh, that, that kind of leads us into, um, so, so you tie your surgeons and then, you know, po- uh, post surgeons, you're tying about what another two feet of tippet, you know, 18 inches to two feet. Yeah. It's about 18 tippet inches. down to, yeah, down to your anchor. And then down there at the bottom, right. Is where, where you tie your, uh, you tie just a couple overhand knots, right? Just as a little, just as a little anchor position, right? Yep. And what that's doing is, it's allowing, um, it's allowing your split shot, right, to sit down there at the very bottom. Yeah. And you know whether it's a, you know, w- whatever the water, uh, the water flow is, you know, you can kind of play with that as far as you, you know, as much weight as you need. But that's going to allow your your split shot to sit down there um, at the bottom of the setup, and then. Uh, and then you've got your your additional tag, right? Yeah. So so you've got your um, uh, after you tie that first fly on, and you've got about you know twelve to eighteen inches, whatever you want between um, your bottom fly and your top fly, depending on the water and like where the fish are feeding. Um, you tie on another double surgeons. Yep. Right. And then you can do you can either do your tag or you can do the perfection knot. Uh, right. And you've got your fly. And above the surgeons again. Yep, above the surgeons again. So it again. can't slide down. So yep. it can't slide down. And then I usually do about, you know, 12, 18, <laughs> yeah, r- roughly 12 to 18 inches below that is where I tie on my split shot. And mm-hmm. I'll throw in, you know, two, three overhand knots just to put a little knot at the end of the tippet. And I'll tie on, you know, depending on the water, two BB split shots, whatever. Yeah. Um, and the whole point behind that, the whole theory behind that is, um, you know, if a fish is sitting on the bottom where it's expending the least amount of energy, 
to fucking sit in the current. It's not looking down below it. So it's not going to be like a carp where it's going to like, you know, freaking sift through the bottom. Yeah. You know. Right. And, and a lot of times, even if they are on the bottom, they're not on the bottom. Right. Yeah. They're, they're about they're, there's a two buffer. to four inches up above. Yeah, exactly. There's a above buffer. The, the actual bottom. Yeah. So the whole point of the split shot riding on the bottom and having a six inch tag is that six inch tag causes that bottom fly to be sitting a foot off the bottom. It's 12 inches off the bottom, right? 18 minus 6 is 12, right? So you've got 12 inches off the bottom. So if a fish is hovering over the bottom at 4, 5, 6 inches, right, which isn't a lot, he sees this nymph drifting a couple inches above him, above his nose. All it takes for him is a quick, you know, dorsal fin and a little, like, I don't know, Taylor Swift and you know dab I don't I don't even I don't even, I don't know what it is anymore. <laughs> All it takes is for them to just like you know twist their fins up. They pop up, they snag this nymph and they bring it back down and you set the hook. That's it. Um so that's the whole point of this rig is that it allows your nymphs to be in the most productive area in the water for where fish are. Um if you were to fish like like I used to um, super heavy point flies without the split shot. Um, so that's just your that's just your fly tied with weight, right? Super heavy, like a bead or or a lead or whatever, right? Yep, yeah. Usually like a, a jig hook, maybe like a three point three, um, mm. you know, something along those lines. Super heavy. That's what acts as your point fly. That fly is bouncing along the bottom, right? And it could be below the fish. Below the fish, right? So it's less effective than if that fly was replaced with split shot and it was bouncing six inches above the water uh, above the bottom and and tell me tell me again what happens when you're fishing uh just a heavy fly and um and it gets caught on the bottom it, it it's fucking gone forever is what it is oh is it <laughs> it's gone forever three dollars oh spent, my god the three dollars you spent on yeah, that fly it, it's just gone and, forever and that's that's part of the reason why we switched this system because i can't tell you how many fucking frenchies i lost fishing with a fucking point fly i mean it, it's infuriating right. because now right your your split shot not only is it round and less prone to getting snagged but if it does you either pop it loose or you break that off and guess what you didn't lose your flies you just go retie your couple overhand knots put on some new split shot and boom you're back yeah which it's like i, I mean which leads me to a whole other you know section of this i guess is yeah. efficiency learn right. Learn a good knot for yourself that works for you to tie on flies. Because if you can't tie on a fly in like five, ten seconds, then you need to practice more. Because that's the most efficient thing you can do, tying on flies and changing flies. I mean, like... Uh, like I know I'm sounding like, you know, fucking like, you know, like a little uh like a douchebag, I guess, a little bit. But seriously, learn your knots for your flies. Because I can't tell you how many times I've seen it between me and Bryce or uh, you know, on YouTube, shit like that, where it's like 
it's so much easier just to take the fly off, cut it off, fix your shit, tie it back on, than, you know, going through the motions with, um, you know, tying everything back on or trying to, like, untangle shit or, you know, whatever, I, I guess. What I'm getting at is practice efficiency. Practice efficiency. That's it. Yeah, I think that's that's uh Yeah, I mean that's it, man, cuz if you can't if you can't, I mean fly fishing is has a lot to do with knots, right? Oh yeah. And if you, if yeah, you absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's great when you're sitting here at home, you know, rigging up for for tomorrow or whatever, but when you're on the river or if it's again, fishing in inclement weather, yep. guess how long that's going to take you? Dude, it's going to take you 20 minutes to tie to tie on two flies or to tie a surgeon's knot. Like yeah. you don't you don't want to get out there and and have to <laughs> and have to mess with that. You know, you want to be able to do it as efficiently yep. as and, possible. And I'm so I I'm guilty. I'm guilty of it. You know, when mm-hmm. I was when I was first starting out, it, it would take me, you know, 15 minutes to to tie on flies, um, and to tie on a new a new rig, because I wasn't efficient. My system sucked. You know, like I I was not, you know, capable of these quick changes and that caused me to you know change not want to change my flies not want to change my rig you know and ultimately it meant i wasn't catching as many fish as i should have been mm-hmm. you know so you know tie tie the double davy knot learn the double davy knot you know learn your knot for your flies practice the surgeon's knot because once you've got your leader set up with the system those are the only two knots you need, you know, and the perfection, exactly. knot, which is like super easy once you practice. But, you know, seriously, just go out and practice your knots. Yeah, I mean, you know, it doesn't it doesn't take a lot. Like go get some yarn or get two pe- two old pieces. Like even at the amnesia is really nice. You know, cause yeah. you c- it's pretty it's pretty visible. Like just sit down, have a beer, have a fu- have a glass of water or whatever, you, whatever you're into and just sit there and tie tie knots. There's so many tutorials on YouTube. It's endless. Wait, endless, wait, 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 wait. Have a glass of water. Well, let's be let's be us. real here. <laughs> not for us. Yeah. For the younger crowd, you got to <laughs> yeah. You know, for the younger yeah. crowd. Oh, because you know. Speaking of the younger crowd, I'm like kind of yeah. bummed, man. So, my mom teaches at a middle school in the Lehigh Valley, and they have a a fly fishing club, and their big fly fishing trip is this Thursday. And you're going to Jamaica. And I'm going to Jamaica. I'm bummed, man. Got to call in the reliever, baby. I know. I'm going to PA. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it on home. I'm going. To, sorry, boys. Can't uh, can't can't be in class on Thursday. I got to fly to PA to yeah. to teach these little dudes how to how to sling some bugs. Yeah, because I don't know how to do it. So I probably like yeah, clearly. I probably like smack one of them on accident. I'd be like, Absolutely. yeah, I'd, I'd be like, come here, you f- come here, fucking guy. They're like the size of a little streamer. They, they are. They are. Yeah. I'd be like, let me hook you. I'm going to throw you out there. Yeah, they're, a nice little streamer. Catch a big one. They're sweet. Around. I mean, which, I mean, it's it's fantastic. I mean, the more, the, the younger we can get these kids into the sport of fly fishing, the better. Really. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I couldn't agree um, more. It's you know, growing the sport. I'm all about and, it. And starting them out young, so. But, um, yeah, so that, that pretty much, uh. Yeah, it pretty much covers the uh the rig. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's so much it. so the blog, right? The blog highlights all of that in detail, you know, verbally, but this might kind of help paint the picture, you know, between 
you know, visual and verbal, but uh, it's it's awesome, man. The setup's awesome. I encourage you to go out and try it. It's not gonna probably go as you as you envision the first time, but just just stick to it and uh, and see what works for you. You know, play around with it because not every not every one fly fishery knows the same for for whatever tactics being used and just just do it. That's that's the biggest thing, right? You know, do all the do all the research, tie your knots, look at the setup, get the stuff you need, the materials and just go out and do it. That's the most important part. And if you fail, then try something else the next time, you know, and continue refining to be more efficient. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I wish I wish I had a GoPro with me um to film like some of the more embarrassing moments I've had on the water because it would make everybody feel so much better about themselves while they're fly fishing because i've done some stupid shit (laughs) yeah we all have i think my dad listened to this podcast our last podcast and i know i know if he's listening to this one he's gonna be like you know how you know how big of a pain in the ass you were when i was teaching (laughs) you how to fly fish like every 10 seconds like dad i need you to tie on another fly it's like are you kidding me like (laughs) I just tied it on. It's like, yeah, well, now it's over there in that bush. So, yep. And that's one thing. My dad, like, growing up, I didn't really experience this, but my brother's right. He would make them he would make them cast off of the trampoline into these buckets. And if they couldn't hit, like, you know, so many buckets, um, he wouldn't take them out. Because he's like, if you can't cast, you know, efficiently and effectively, like, if you can't target where you need to throw it, like, I don't want to waste my money on a bunch of lures. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And that's that's ultimately, you know, putting in the practice and, and doing, the, doing the legwork so when you get out there, you can – you can get it done, you know, the weekend warrior. Yep. I mean, that's exactly why I, uh, you know, decided I was going to go out to the field behind my house and hit golf balls for six hours today before I went to the actual golf range because. Yeah. So you didn't look like an idiot. Yeah. I mean, I already. I, I and hit hit the guy next <laughs> to you. <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm sure I did, you know, like, I'm sure I look like an idiot anyway, but it yeah, wasn't but as bad. Like an idiot. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, yeah, like, you know, I think we uh, we get too caught up in the whole, you know, oh, it's, it's it's just fishing, which it is. It's just fishing. You know, don't take it too seriously. But I mean, you, you'd practice your golf swing, you know, before you went out yeah. on the on the course. Practice your uh, your casting. Practice your knots before you get out. Some on the of river. us don't. Some of us just drink more, and and we think that it's miraculously gonna gonna f- make our golf swing just well. That's just buttery. That's and the uh, the story of my life. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does tend to get better. I just think it gets better because you have lower expectations. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, so uh, on Tuesday, I'm uh, I'm pinning captain. Whoa! So all right. Yeah, I'm joining. I'm joining the big leagues now. Yeah, the big boy um, club. You know, leaving, leaving the lonely lieutenant life behind and uh, and prospering into uh, into the captain rank. Oh my god, so that's, that's exciting, man. What am I gonna? I'm gonna. I'm gonna send you. I, I gotta send you something. I gotta figure out what I'm gonna send you as a as a captain present for joining the big boy club. Uh, oh no! Don't send me anything. Yeah, I'm going to. Yeah, you probably. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna send you something. I need your address though. Because you're, because yeah, you're like, you know, I'll put it, fucking super selfish with your address. I you mean, know, hey like, man, like I'm gonna like, you know, fucking stalk you. That, uh, <laughs> my address is a uh, is a is a rare commodity these days. It's, it's kept close hold, so, and it's temporary. That's the beauty of it. I'm always moving around, so it's pretty. I'm hard. I'm a hard guy to find. Yeah, that's true, man. Which is good, you know. Which is good, but I know I've I've, I've transitioned into the. Uh, I'm super easy to find now. 
because I uh, live with my parents. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm that asshole. God, so predictable. So predictable. I'm super predictable. I can't wait till you go back to work. Why? I'm much more fun Just when I'm not working. Yeah, you are much more yeah. fun. Now nah, I'm excited for you to start your job and and get it get it going, and then uh, and then I won't feel so bad going to work every day knowing that you're not out fly fishing <laughs> without me. I know I kind of feel bad. Like like I'll, I'll text I'll text Bryce, and I'll be like, be like, hey man, like check out this fucking fish. Like this is awesome. Or like check out like the the fucking, like 85 flies I tied today because I don't have to do anything. Bryce is like, oh yeah man, I had a paper to do and I had to take a fucking test on, you know. I don't know military intelligence on the battlefield and all kinds of craziness. And he's like, "Man, I fucking hate my life." And I'm like, "Oh, well, it's, it's been great. I just had eight beers on a Tuesday." Exactly. But hey, man, enjoy it. You earned it. So yeah, no, you, uh, I, I'm just uh, you enjoy that. So uh, yeah, no, cool. We covered uh, we covered the the check slash tight line uh, setup and uh, just as a. So I'm, you know, I'm going on my trip at the end of this month. Yeah, all right. Um, to 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 Utah, so that'll be sweet. So go join the family, um, up outside of Park City to uh, enjoy some fly fishing. Uh, probably lots of drinking, some filet mignon, ooh, couple fires. It's really not about the fly fishing. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> so Sean will be there. So that'll be fun. Um, we got to get Sean on here somehow. We got to figure that out. Yeah, Sean needs to get on here. Yeah, he's been he's been slacking, bro. He's 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 a slave of corporate America, man. He, Is he? He's he's down and out, man. <laughs> he's, he's having a rough go. He's just <laughs> every time I talk to him, man, it's just the life is sucked right out of him. I'm like, dude, you got to fall back on fly fishing, man. It yep. makes you happy. You know, it kind of it's a good distraction. Still haven't seen his blog post. Yeah, What's I know. We need to fucking get on oh, his ass. Oh, I'm going to write I'm going to write you guys a couple blogs and uh crickets, man. <laughs> Just crickets singing real loud, but uh, I'm sure corporate America had something to do with that. Yeah, so. Oh yeah. But uh yeah, Sean will be on that trip and uh we're going to be fishing up up by Soldier Creek and uh Strawberry Reservoir for those of you that uh know any of those reservoirs in Utah. Super super sweet area. So uh hopefully I'll have a blog uh or maybe some pics to to post from that trip. Hell yeah. And uh then we can chat about it on the uh, the old podcasteroo. Yeah, I'm looking forward to but, it, uh, man. I'm excited for you. Yeah, no, it'll be fun, man. I haven't fished since January when we went to the Holston, so God knows, God knows what's gonna happen. <laughs> that's a that's a goddamn crime, is what that is. It is, that's man. So I'm out here in the desert, right? Oh, yeah. I'm in. I'm just outside of Tucson here in Arizona, and dude, it's drier than drier than anything that's dry <laughs> that you can think of. And uh, you know, I know I what you're thinking of. Some I know what yeah, I'm thinking yeah, of. I think, yeah, I think you do. Um, like Betty, yeah, Betty White's cast. vagina. <laughs> can I say that on Excellent. a podcast? I don't know. I, I think probably you can. Not. I, probably found upon. That's okay. It, we'll roll with it. So, <laughs> great lady, though. Um, but no, dude, I could go. I could go fish, or I could go fish for some like desert tortoise, or you know, some some chupacabras over across the border. Mm. I mean, there's options. I'm all, I'm all about some chupacabra. Oh. I forgot to tell you about this. I went to the lake yesterday. It's like maybe 40 minutes from my house and uh, there are bass in it, right? Which bass fishing's cool. Yeah. Um, it's just, it was really crowded, but I did see like a huge pot of carp. They were giant, dude. And I was like, oh man, if I just had just a little jig in my rod, but I was just there at the dog and, and you know, stuff like that. So it was, uh, mm-hmm. it was fun. 
but um so anyway yeah there's options out here but it's it's few and far between right there's just like trout fish good tough. trout fishing it's is about tough. seven or eight hours away from me and i just don't have the time to be doing yeah. that right now so fair enough my day job's really getting in the way <laughs> fucking army yeah it's ridiculous it's like dude <laughs> i have a, this is my second job my first job is my podcast and fishing <laughs> i don't know if you knew this why why don't you understand this yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah, no. Oh, so, yeah. so so before we sign off, yeah, I just want to do a quick shout out to Kelly Gallup and his hair's ear and blueing olive improved nymph. All right, because I know we were gonna kind of hit on that. Um, it's part of the blog. There's a blog post online. Check it out. Um, two of my favorite nymphs. Two of Bryce's favorite nymphs of all time. Uh, it's a phenomenal tie. It's linked on the site. Um, check them out. Tie them. Use them. It's amazing. You won't be disappointed, you, I promise. You will not be and disappointed. Dude, I, I love Kelly Gallup. He, uh, he's a pioneer, man. I know. We, we could go a, a whole other hour just talking about three of Kelly Gallup's ties that he uses. Absolutely. His, his caddis. His, you know, the, the hair's ear and the BWO. I mean, it's. I mean, when you can tie, when you can tie, you could tie one, you could tie that single, you could tie that hair's ear, right? And brown or black or or natural or whatever, different sizes. You could, dude, you could, you could tie a, a 200 fly fly box full of just that fly and you could go out any day of the year and be successful. You, you don't need anything Without else. Without a doubt. You don't need anything else. That's all else. you need, dude. I mean, it's, it's stupid. And, uh, it really is. And again, Again, goes back to efficiency, right? You don't need a thousand different patterns in your fly box. Nope. Um, you need the go-to flies. You need to target the time of year and you know and what you're trying to do and blah 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 blah. But yeah, Kelly, man, I, I've 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 uh, I've just spent a little bit of time on YouTube oh, watching Kelly oh, yeah. videos. Probably the slide more, in, probably more than I would like to admit to. Oh yeah. So. But that, that's I just figured I'd mention it just because it's a blog post on there. It's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, his entire channel is amazing. Um, you know, check out. He's got a uh, he's got a video on midge fishing in the winter, which is I mean, it's an eye opening video. So I think it's only like he's got the runoff. He's got the runoff he's video. Fishing right behind uh, the slide in, dude. Yep. Like, and it's roaring, and he's just picking these fish off, man. And it's he, he's so chill. Like, he's the chillest dude yep. ever. It's just I can watch his videos for days because he's just so methodical, so down to earth so much knowledge and that's why like why wouldn't you use like you know we're using parts of you know his rig and then we're modifying it you know as we see fit but you know a lot, a lot of this stuff it, we're not inventing new stuff no, not at all right we're just saying hey we've been out there we've done it this is what works for us and you know maybe would work better for the average guy who doesn't fish you know 200 and some odd days a year or, you know what have you so yeah seriously check it out it's awesome um there, there's a reason he's a huge influence on our fly fishing um yeah check him out but uh i think uh i think that's about it for the day huh yeah man yeah have, podcast number two uh in the, in the books uh i, I hope i don't get censored filled. by itunes or something i don't think my, we'd be censored. my betty white comment yeah. if joe rogan isn't censored <laughs> then we, we're good trust true me. true god i love joe rogan too what a great I know, I wish if you, you haven't could. listened to his podcast please go listen to it it's Phenomenal I wish I could be more like Joe Rogan. 
I know. I really, Shave I really do. Talk, you know. Oh gosh, Joe is a Joe is a phenomenal did, human did, being. Did you just get like a little chubby right now? Did I? I see you get a little Let's chubby. Uh, I do. I have one right now. Talking about Joe Rogan. So yeah, absolutely. I figure we're on the same page. Oh yeah, we're on the same page there. <laughs> just yeah. Joe, All right, Joe Rogan's we're in we're zone, gonna continue our uh, our Joe Rogan circle jerk here um, after the podcast, but uh, I think we're uh, I think we're ready to go. Yeah, thanks for joining us. And uh, again, we'll uh, we'll have one out in the next couple of weeks for for the third podcast, and uh, I'm sure it'll be something something worthy uh, and we're, you know of, of of your attention. So I think we can come up with something. Yeah, we'll right. definitely have something for <laughs> you. So. All right, brother. Well, that uh, that concludes podcast episode number two, and uh, I guess we'll we'll chat soon. All right.